Welcome to Humanity Works podcast series, Being Human in Uncertain Times, Navigating Relationships During COVID-19. I'm Kate Bresky zoomer founder and chief inspiration officer at Humanity Works. This, our fourth podcast in our series, Being Human in Uncertain Times, COVID-19, dives into the topic of wants versus needs. Infatuated with wants? Discern Your Needs provides practical tips to help us all navigate relationships at home and at work during this unprecedented time in history. Admittedly, Devin Cohen, my partner in crime and chief instigation officer at Humanity Works, has been a little behind reality when it comes to what's happening in stores. Until last Thursday, it had been almost four months since she had stepped into one. She had been out of the country for a while, then self-isolated her home in San Francisco. But with home deliveries being impossible due to shortages in inventory and help, and unpredictable delivery times, she ventured into Target. What she found were not the usual 20 types of toilet papers available. There was one, and you could only have one package, so more people could have them too. The store had some items, but fewer options. In some cases, there were no items, so you had to get creative. The takeaway from that outing? This is a time for discernment, a time to become aware of what we need versus what we want. So first, let's look at what's the difference between the two. A need is something you have to have, something you can't do without, like food. A want is something you would like to have, like specific types of food or the brands that you prefer. When we were posting this article on social media, we talk about wanting to visit our families, grandchildren, nieces, sisters, etc., and needing to stay at home and not be out and about. And right now, many of us work from home, whether we want to or not, in what some refer to as makeshift quarantine bunkers. As the states rapidly transitioned to shelter in place, companies scrambled to make sense of how to successfully conduct business and rushed to get people set up to work from home. The thing is, smartphones, laptop, computers, and the cloud made where and when we worked ubiquitous long ago. But in a heartbeat, any remaining division between home and work was breached by our employer, our government, and our need to make a living. Work now lives inside many of our homes, whether we want it there or not. Work is now a housemate to our kids, our partners, our parents, and our pets, who, by the way, are also there 24-7, out of need, not want. We are grappling with the strain of changing how we work and live. It feels chaotic everywhere. And what can get lost in the chaos is you. So let's pause for a minute and breathe. With the world of work changing so rapidly around us, we start thinking about relationship need versus want, particularly work relationships. What do we need from one another to be our best in in times that are this unfamiliar, this uncertain? If we can show up as good humans for our co-workers now, imagine what is possible for the future work and how we will work together when we are on the other side of this crisis. And bonus points, the ideas presented here also work for personal relationships. We offer one of our favorite skills, shared agreements. A shared agreement is just like it sounds, an agreement that you make with another person or a group of people together. They explicitly define what you need from one another to accomplish what you're trying to get done. 
Shared agreements are the how you will be with one another, not the what you will do together. This idea of how you will be with one another is something we often step over in relationships and somehow in work relationships in particular. We focus on the doing rather than the being. It feels, we think, somehow safer until it's not. Without making the implicit explicit, you're priming for a big mess. The thing that gets in the way of productivity, of agility, and satisfaction in relationships is that we think other people know what we need, but they don't. Most of the time we are unaware of our own ability to claim what we need and why it's important to us. This happened years ago. We were in a workshop where the facilitator asked everyone who had a birthday in the last 12 months to raise their hand. Of course, all the hands went up. The facilitator then instructed the group to keep their hands up if they received a gift for their birthday. Some number of hands went down and others stayed up. Let's call it 50-50. The next instruction was to keep your hand raised if the gift was something that you wanted. Many, many more hands went down. And finally, the facilitator instructed to keep their hands raised if they had made an explicit request for the gift they had received and only one hand remained up. The point? We are much more likely to get what we want when we ask for it. A simple yet impactful lesson. Now, we know you don't like these conversations. Gosh, sometimes we don't like these conversations. They feel soft and mushy. They involve messy bits like feelings and expressing your needs. A narrative erupts that you become vulnerable in these conversations when the reality is there is a great deal of strength and bravery required to put your needs out there. And when you can put yourself out there, the underlying shift in the narrative is that you get to believe that you are worthy of having others care for you and about you. It's terrifying, but it actually works. When we facilitate each session begins with shared agreements, frequent requests among group members or things like play full out, don't hold anything back, have fun, experiment with the uncomfortable edges of what you don't know. This is a judgment-free zone. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Be curious, ask questions to deepen understanding for yourself and others and the ideas that we're presenting and be present for each other. This is a screen-free zone, no cross-talking, listen to one another, the list goes on, and each group makes up that list of shared agreements. So right now, at a time when a sense of psychological or even physical safety is missing for many, shared agreements can help safety in the way that we are together. And this is actually a need, not a want. So let's get started. Step one, create clarity for yourself and for those around you. So what outcomes do you really care about? How are those prioritized? What conditions need to be in place for you to work, live together effectively? And what kind of flexibility do you each need right now? And what does that look like? Step two, establish ground rules together. What conditions need to be presented for the people to be their best? Some may need a few minutes of personal connection before jumping into a work conversation, while others may need quiet hours when they know there will be no virtual meetings. What are the deal breakers? These are activities or requests that are simply non-negotiables. For example, I won't work on the weekends, or each person is responsible for maintaining shared spaces. 
When you get uh, full or past full, how do you ask for help? We can all be overwhelmed in the best of times. And when times are challenging, it's good to know what your endurance limits are and what you need from one another when you hit capacity. And how will you address issues that come up? Because they will. Structures are good for this. Ideas might include a check-in on shared agreements or at the start of each weekly team meeting or during one-on-ones. Define a specific time to address what is working, what is not working, and that will make bringing up issues safer and easier for everyone. Step three, exercise grace with one another. The best skill for this is to listen deeply, really listen to what's going on for you and for others. Avoid trying to be the fixer. Just listen and reflect back what you hear and validate their feelings. Ask yourself and others, how are you doing? What is challenging? What is not being said? What would serve you best right now? And lastly, step four, practice agility. One thing about shared agreements, they're fluid. As these things change, so might your agreements. A pro tip is to set a regular time to revisit them. This, this lets anything that might not be working well get dressed before it becomes a thing and lets everyone modify terms that may need to change. Set a time, like at the start of each week, to revisit these agreements and modify as needed. <sighs> as we continue to work and live in our teeny tiny worlds, It's more important than ever to discern our needs from our wants and to communicate our needs to each other. Create shared agreements to help each person fully contribute to be the best version of who they are. Grow your capacity to check in with yourself and those around you. These are great traits of good humans. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. There was a ton of information here. You can check out our article titled Infatuated with Once Discerning Your Needs on our website, humanityworks.com. And join us next when we will talk about untethered, how to navigate competing needs. 